Hey, how's it all going, people? So it's episode 26 of Echoes from the Void. Yep, yep. It's been uh, it's been another eventful um yeah, eventful crazy week, really. You know what I mean? Done a lot, been to some film previews. Oh man, I I've been to a few different screening rooms, but went to such a really nice one the other day and um I, I walk in and i'm just like blown away how nice this place is and i'm admiring in it i'm like yo this is so nice and then i fell down the stairs i'm luckily the goddamn place wasn't full because yeah that would have been a bit messy the last time i fell down the stairs in public didn't go too well and I think I may have scarred a few kids ears with some of the shit that I was saying but you know what I mean uh, like other than that yeah just, right there's just been a lot been going on you know what I mean I bumped into a few weird people though and I don't understand it I when I came out of that screening this um this guy comes up to me and straight away I'm a bit like uh what's going on and he starts telling me these really bad jokes and there's snot coming out of his nose and he's standing real close and I'm kind of backed up against a, 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 a fence so I'm a bit like all right I can't really extricate myself from here so let's just let this shit ride out and so he, he, he's, he goes through all these jokes. Then he says, oh, so, you know, I, I'm just asking for money. Because I told those jokes, um, yeah, you should give me some money now. I'm like, yo, I don't have any money, man. I didn't have any money, you know what I mean? And then he got feral, properly feral. And he's just like, oh, how dare you? You let me tell all my great jokes. And now you're not going to pay me. You should know what was going on. I'm, I'm, I'm. And then he saw someone else and he walked off. Which was a bit of luck. Because I really didn't want to get into anything with this dude. You know what I mean? So that was a bit of a relief. Then the other night. I'm coming home, it's ridiculously late. I jumped on a bus, and there's this um, woman. She's sitting down, and um, she was on the outside seat, and the inside seat was free. So the rest of the bus was full. So I look at her, and he's like, yo. And she begrudgingly, like, moves her legs so I can, like, squeeze past but she you know it's too much for her to actually get up so i get into the seat then this woman is like she's trying to elbow me into the corner or something but you know what i mean this is this is a crazy thing as well it's a little woman she's a, a little woman and she's trying to elbow me and, and kind of bully me out of the sea and I turned to her I'm like what what are you doing I don't understand what you're trying to achieve here because I think we know 
it ain't gonna work. And then she's just like, no, I'm not doing anything. I'm doing anything. But then she kept on getting up and trying to, like, basically sit on my lap. Uh, and, like, she's, like, elbowing even more. I'm just like... And I look at her, and then she starts pulling faces. I'm just like, I don't know what's going on here. I'm just like, ah. Oh. And, and, and she kept on getting more and more aggressive as the bus was going on. But I think knowing that I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Obviously, I'm not going to punch her in her head or anything. So I'm just like, she's kind of figuring she can get away with whatever the fuck she wants because of that. You know what I mean? Uh, any other situation, I might have stood up. But my knee was, yo, I fucked up my knee in boxing, man. It's just like, oh, so yeah. I just have to to let this situation ride out. Luckily, wasn't on the bus for too long. And then I was out of there. But I'm just like, what's the deal with all these crazies? And then in the gym today, another crazy person. got on the machine next to me and proceeded to sing in this weird high pitch, out of tune voice. People, I think I'm a weirdo magnet. I think that's it. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what the way forward is. But this may be my burden to wear. And um, talking about weird people. Man, there was some... Ugh, I read this weird article with, from this weird woman. Right, let's see what you think, alright? Okay, so the BBC have they're running this series um, called BBC's A Hundred Women, and there's different like different articles talking about different experiences, different situations, blah 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 blah. I think you probably get the idea. Now, I've I've read this piece by this Canadian woman who is talking about. Um, why most men should pay on the first day and she's a moron this article is you know, it's just ridiculous like she starts off talking how you know her mum told her that if guys pay then obviously they'll expect something you know what i mean like, oh, if, if you buy her a drink, yeah, of course, she's got to give you a blowjob. Yeah, you know what I mean? It, it's like for like, right? Idiot. You'll always find certain people with a certain mentality. But you can't say that across the board. You know what I mean? You can't say every guy is expecting something if he pays for something. You, you know, and like, it's the same in reverse, I have gone out with many women who, you know, they'll, they'll pay for something, and then they'll go, oh, I did that, so you have to do this now, and you know what I mean, it, it, it's just like, it's just this foolish notion that is kind of put upon everyone, so, 
straight out the gate, it was just like, oh, what, what's she talking about, man? What the fuck is she talking about? And then, um, you know, I think she goes on about how, you know, she was, she, so she went in and she'd always like split, say, um, we'll split the bill. Then she says that she had a conversation with some of her friends and some of her teachers and read some, read some articles from people like Gloria Jean Watkins. And then she goes about how, <laughs> obviously, women, all women make less money than men. So it's just like, what the fuck are you talking? It really irritates me when people talk about this pay divide. Because everyone talks about it in a dishonest way. Because it's not like, look, if I... I'm working as a comms manager in the same organization and, and a girl, another girl, we start at exactly the same time. Let's run it like that. We start at exactly the same time in exactly the same roles. And this has happened, you know. Um, yeah, I, I worked as a comms lead at NHS England and a, a, a girl started at the same time as me in the same role. We both made exactly the same amount of money. Okay? There was no, I make a lot more than her because she's a girl. It's not like that. You you sometimes see divides in the director CEO roles. And that a lot of times comes down to other factors. I'm not getting into it because it's long and I don't really want to talk about that kind of shit. You know what I mean? But let's just, you know, break for this argument and what I'm saying, it is not just women make less than men. That's just not a true statement. So when people say it, they don't really know what they're talking about. And they're just or they're just being straight up dishonest. So she's talking about this and um, she's kind of talking about how, what you know, what all the things women have to do. Like they've got to spend so much time putting on makeup and they've got to, you know, ensure that they're looking in a certain way and or, you know, I mean, th this kind of thing. So. <laughs> and, and, and this is what one thing she says ultimately equality is not the same as equity equality is everyone getting the exact same pair of shoes equality is everyone getting a pair of shoes that fits them in good relationships people will strive for equity and it's just like so you're saying because you feel that, you know, men make more than you. And every man makes more than you. Every man should pay. It, it just doesn't make any... It's just an illogical way of looking at things. And she then goes off, like, at, you know, towards the end... 
um, she says something and it's just like, wait, what are you talking about? So she's just like, um, you know, she, um, she's been dating a guy for a year, she says, and, and she said, he paid for the first date and she paid for the second date. Then she goes on, now we share expenses based on what we can afford when we go out together or visit each other's homes. And I'm like, and that is how you approach it. It's not like one person needs, you mean every man needs a paper? Di- no. Look, you can go into a situation. If someone says to you, hey, I'm, you know what? I've had a great time. I've enjoyed your company. You know, work's been good recently. I've, 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 I've got this. Then fine. You should always bring your friggin' wallet because you there's, there's so many times you go out and people, they did, they never had the inclination of paying. But, and I think you always need to make the offer. Always make the offer. You know, if someone insists, fine, that's fine. But if they've covered the first, I feel you you know you need to make an effort to do something next. Or if it's not the next, at least soon. But you know, it, it doesn't have to be like for like, like for like, like for you know what I mean, back and forth like that. It's like, you know. I might pay for three dates in a row. I might organize three dates in a row. But then it's always nice for the other person if she's like, hey, you know what? You put, you've put hey, you've taken me out to all these lovely places. I'm going to take you somewhere nice. And she, you know, takes the lead and, and handles that situation. You know? That is how it should be, rather than this stupid mentality of, well, men owe me, you know, it's, it's moronic, and the crazy thing is, look, I've known, I've had discussions with plenty of girls who have said that they use, like, dating apps to go out and just get fed, you know what I mean? They're just like, well, I, I don't like this guy, but I can't be bothered to cook. And it just saves me money. So I'm going to go out. He'll pay for the drinks. He'll pay for food. Yeah, and that's it. Or I just make an excuse and I'll, um, you know, I'll, I'll pretend that I want to sleep with him tonight. And then I'll just say, oh, have to go home. And it's just like, it's this dishonesty when it comes to dating. People have a, a, a clear dishonesty and this antiquated view on things. Because, it, you know, I feel it's something that's shown in films, in TV all the time. All the time, you know. It's like if a guy pays, then obviously he's better than someone else, you know. They will show it like that. Or, you know, he's more of a gentleman. Like, he's... No. No. It doesn't mean anything like that. Like, ugh. All right, I'm going to admit it. I, you know, I watch first dates. 
um, it drives me insane, but I watch it. I don't know why. But on that, every friggin' time, they like when they put the bill down, they'll say, oh, I'm just putting it in the center, but they're looking at the guy, putting it closer to the guy anyway, and then the guy's like, okay, I'll pay. And then she, the, the, you know, the waitresses, they'll go, oh, oh, isn't that, oh, that's a, oh. It's just like, stop with this fake bullshit. Like, I remember one where this couple, they were having a great time. They were laughing, joking. You know, she was saying, oh, yeah, I definitely want to see him again if he asked me. Blah, 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 blah. And then when the bill came, he said, all right, should we go Dutch? And she lost her shit. You know, from wanting to see him again, she's just like, I, I think it's disgusting, it's disgraceful, how dare he expect me to split the bill with him, ba 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 And it's, it's ridiculous, do you know So, obviously, if girls watch all this shit, you know, watch these programs, watch these films, they're gonna keep having this bullshit mentality when it comes to dating so you know i honestly feel look if one person insists to pay fine but never go out with the feeling that you're in you don't have to pay for shit never go out with the with the semblance that oh obviously he must make more than me so he's always paying no because even if someone makes more than you, right, it's still nice to be taken out every now and again. You know, just that sentiment, just that idea, it's nice to think that someone cares. So, I don't know, I don't know, just think about this shit, you know, like, if you've got views on this, let me know, but this is how I feel when it comes to that well this is very exciting um historians and scientists have discovered that um the Serbian rhinoceros uh he was known as oosh, this is a mouthful Elsmorphirium Sibiricum was um, roaming the world until 39,000 years ago, which is much later than they thought. Now, originally, they figured that, um, you know, this rhinoceros became extinct between... 200 and 100,000 years ago, but with um, some, like, DNA testing and, you know, using um, radiocarbon dating, they discovered that, uh, no, it roamed a lot longer, which is crazy uh they've dubbed it the siberian unicorn 
which I, I you know it's just ridiculous i wish people needed to drop this weird fascination with everything unicorn you know what i mean it had a big horn don't need to call it a unicorn but anyway so um you know they they, they feel that it roamed the grasslands of euro asia so that was when you know it was a, a, a kind of a complete landmass and people could just basically walk everywhere i mean you're not gonna walk everywhere but you know what i mean uh so what they um uh, you know the other thing that they found that um this this unicorn ugh, this rhino call it a frigging unicorn yes this rhino when it um became extinct that was the uh the end of um you know this type of rhinoceros you know so uh, a, a complete group of rhinos died out at this time which is which is insane because now we only have about five species of rhinos so you just think that, that, that there was all these other types and they just all died out at this moment <clears throat> now what they've kind of pulled together from looking at uh samples of you know these creatures teeth is that they they most likely grazed on um <clears throat> tough dry grasses so they were very picky on what they ate and when um you know the ice age uh you know the climate changed and things became warmer vegetation died off so their their source of sustenance became smaller and smaller which you know led to them becoming yeah extinct and a lot of animals a lot of large mammals became extinct at this, around about the same time kind of for similar similar reasons you know with the climate you know yeah just the weather changing not being able to sustain themselves uh, and they're trying to um, use this and the information that they're gathering from this to see if it can help save the remaining rhinos because rhinos are extremely extremely picky on what they eat so any changes to the habitat they become a bit a bit skittish and don't want to graze in that area anymore so they're trying to find ways to yeah just increase increase their dietary you know sustenance and see if they can you know work out ways to encourage them to um to eat in more places more variety of vegetation you know which is interesting 
because you know we do not want rhinos to die out they're already getting poached and shit like that which isn't good so we need to find ways to um, encourage a lot of these animals you know there's a lot of other creatures are dying out like pandas and um other creatures that do not come to mind right now but like elephants and shit man yeah that's another good one but yeah these animals they're dying out and we need to try and find ways to uh preserve especially when they're dying out for not reasons of natural selection it's reasons of us being dickheads and killing off their inhabit inhabit inhabitat habitats habitats yes boom nailed it So I'm just back from an intoxicatingly just soulful evening at the South Bank Centre. It was, um, it's the penultimate day of the EFG London Jazz Festival. And uh, I went to see uh, Madeline Peru and Luca. So it was part of um, the Anthem tour which uh, Madeline is doing for her new album of the same name, Anthem. Uh, and it was fantastic. I, I'd seen Madeline, um, oh gosh, it was years, of, like probably five, six years ago at the Barbican. And... Um, yeah, I've I've wanted to see her again. Never got round to it, so I was I was happy to get tickets. Uh, and yeah, it was ah, oh, it was so much fun. So um, Luca came out first, and I hadn't heard of him. This was the first that I've 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 come, yeah, uh, come into touch with um, his work, and it was it was so different you know um his voice is very it's got a strange kind of lilt to it so yeah i i think if it if it when it's tiptoeing on the verge of screechy and irritating but it's not it is i i think you you definitely would have to hear it to kind of understand but it kind of transfixes you when he first started singing it was just like oh shit you're kind of yeah he he he, he tr- takes you somewhere you know what I mean? The, just the vocals and the, his range. It's very hypnotic. The way he, uh, yeah, the way he sings. So that was really interesting. I think he did about 30, maybe 40 minutes a set. And it was really interesting. You know, he's a singer-songwriter from southeast london and uh I, th- I think he really 
I think he really did a good job in selling himself. Just selling, like his music was captivating. And um, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to check out more of his kind of stuff. It's kind of a folk, it's kind of folky, you know? It's got a kind of folky edge to it. But it's not straight up folk, 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 folk. Well, you know what I mean. But um, yes, it it it's very ethereal. I think that's that might be the word to kind of describe describe what he he sound is. But yeah, it was. Really good. It it was great. So then there was a break, and um, yeah, then came uh, Madeline Peru, and ah, uh, she has got such a, a lovely voice. You know, it it's just very homely. You feel you feel warm, like you've just been enveloped in a nice warm blanket. And you're sitting next to a nice log fire. You just get that real sense of ah, warmth and, and love and feeling from from her from her voice. You know, um, yeah, it was it was just great to hear her sing again. She did a lot of material from her new album. Um. And and it's funny, like this new album, she's um, you know, gone back to to the Leonard Cohen world, which is great because I think her covers of Cohen's work are really good, and they have that different kind of edge to it. So I think they they're not straight up covers, which I. I like I d- straight up covers can be extremely boring, and you just, sometimes you're just like, but why we didn't need this? But when someone brings something else to it, that is, um, yeah, that's the key, you know, and that's what she does. So this time out, you know, she covers um, Cohen's uh, track anthem. Uh, and, um, yeah, it, it's, um, well, I mean, personal anthem, I believe it, it, it was called, uh, and, you know, then calling her album anthem, it just seems very fitting, but all the songs, you know, they're, they're different, but, they just have this kind of nice vibe to them. That you know, you definitely feel uplifted from from listening to her. Yeah, you know, I, I I think ah oh, man, a lot of the concert I, because you know my my knees were just it like all my joints were just on fire. I was just sitting there, but I could just shut my eyes and let the sound just wash over me 
and it was so refreshing it was so you know it just kind of makes you happy you know it, it just warms you from your center and so it was just really good you know and you know she did a lot of her old songs and i always love um dance me to the edge of love i think i forget what it's actually called but you know that that her cover of that cohen song um and yeah she did that and ah i love it it was fantastic so i think all in all it's just a great gig you know you hear two great voices and in the royal festival hall but where the acoustics are just top notch you know i love going to gigs there because the sound the way it resonates the way it just come just hits you it's just fantastic so um yeah you know this was part of the efg excellence series and, and it's just good to get some more jazz you know it's so good to get yeah i always try and get at least two two gigs during a jazz festival and so yeah i feel very content right now so um it's a it was a good way to end the evening you know some great jazz a great venue so that's me done yeah we'll see what other adventures the next few days bring so this week i watched um santa clarita diet season two um this is created by Victor Fresco, who's behind programs like Mad About You. Um, Andy Richter controls the universe. My name is Earl. And God damn it, Better Off Ted, which was fantastic. And it didn't last as long as it should have. That's what I'm saying. And it's starring Drew Barrymore, Timely, Timothy Offalomph, uh, Liv Horson, Skylar Gizondo, Mary Elizabeth Ellis. And um, basically, picking up right where we left off, season two of Santa Clarita Diet finds that Hammond's trying to adapt to Sheila's now advanced undead state, even though she's desperately working to hold on to her suburban lifestyle and not to define to and not be defined as just another monster. Unfortunately, while the family has become markedly better at murder, the murder of missing people in Santa Clarita is starting to pile up and it's no longer going unnoticed meanwhile the hammonds are chasing the source of the virus so they can stop it from spreading and save humanity which seems important though it all sheila and joel are 
grounded by their unconditional love for one another. Sure, being undead or loving someone who isn't always easy, but don't all relationships have their challenges? Yeah. And, you know, you'll find this on Netflix. And, you know what? I I really enjoyed season one. And you think, how much legs does, like, something like this have? Like, where can it go? And I think this season, they, they you know, they did a, a, a good job of... Um, adding new nuances to the story, you know, because we're looking at just the, the, the dynamic of the family, you know, how it's affecting everyone, how is it affecting, um, you know, their, their, their daughter, That that's like one of the big things, is she coping with the situation, but yeah, I, I I think Abby seems to be adapting, not in the way they might want, but, you know, then that kind of builds as you go, so you see, when you're seeing it, you're thinking, oh shit, it, like, is she off the rails? But then, you know, she's kind of lets out, you know, why she's doing what she's doing, and how she sees the whole situation, which is, you know, it's an interesting kind of facet, and it makes sense, like, you know, if your mum was a a zombie, I I guess you'd be thinking, you know, kind of the same way, so, you know, like, and I think Eric's character, uh, gets fleshed out a lot more this time, and he he becomes a bit more three dimensional than um, you know in the first season. So we see him find love, lose, you know, his perspective on some things, and just kind of yeah, build from there, uh, and which it, which is you know really good. Like, we, we see how this virus is affecting other people in the town. We see their hunt for the cure. And, you know, like, does anyone else know about this? I mean, that's one of the big things, isn't it, right? So, you know, surely other people must have an understanding. And that definitely comes through. And while all this is going down, what's happening on the police front? You know, are they hot on the trail? So, yeah, how is it all going to play out? And, yeah, it's, it's, it's not bad. And it ends on a kind of, as I say, season three... Season three is definitely going to be interesting... So, I'm definitely curious to see how it's going to play out, you know, because, the, yeah, the ending, ooh, certain things are definitely a 
foot. Let's just say that. And lucky enough, it has been renewed for season three. So next year, um, they haven't really said when, but yeah, next year it will be dropping on Netflix. So if um, if you like zombie stuff, if you like, I don't know, I guess, you know what, I, I, I'd say, look, if you like some of the things like Victor Fresco has worked on before, so if you liked things like My Name is Earl, Better Off Ted, you know, Andy Richter against the, controls the universe, I will definitely f- say you will enjoy this. Yeah, I guess if you liked films like Warm Bodies as well, you're 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 like this and Zombieland. Yeah, definitely Zombieland. You know, so yeah, that's um Santa Clarita Diet. It's on Netflix and there is two seasons. So uh, yeah, feast yourself on those. So the first book that I've done this week is We Are Legion, We Are Bob by Dennis E. Taylor. It's the first book in his Bobbyverse trilogy. Um, and so the breakdown is this. Bob Johansson has just sold his software company and is looking forward to a life of leisure. There are places to go, books to read, and movies to watch. So it's a little unfair when he gets himself killed crossing the street. Bob wakes up a century later to find that (laughs) corpsicles have been declared to be without rights, and he is now the property of the state. He has been uploaded into computer hardware and is slated to be controlling AI in an interstellar probe looking for habitable planets. The stakes are high, no less than the first claim to entire worlds. If he declines the honour, he'll be switched off and they'll try again with someone else. If he accepts, he becomes a prime target. There are at least three other countries trying to get their own probes launched first and then play dirty. The safest place for Bob is in space, heading away from Earth at top speed, or so he thinks, because the universe is full of nasties and trespassers make them mad very mad I think this I really didn't know what to think going in you know would, would it be any good like I, I, I'd i seen I think some of the covers and I was a bit like Ugh, they don't look good so um, yeah I thought well you can't judge a book by that can you so it was on sale thought I'd give it a try and um, yeah I enjoyed it it wasn't a bad book at all. I'm definitely intrigued enough to check out book two. I think the thing is with this, it's um, it it kind of explores human nature. So it's like it's a sci-fi story, 
but then it's also an exploration of self and you know what do you do in situations of first contact like how much help are you going to offer people you know it, it, it's that kind of thing that was very interesting yeah because it's a bit like look okay so if you've gone into cryogenic um you know freezing if you've agreed to do that then what else will you do you know like are you happy to the fact that you the time when you wake up everyone you know is going to be dead you know it's kind of looking at questions like this you know if you're basically uploaded into a computer and to do more work you would have to create a copy of you what is that copy you know is that you is that like a cousin like what is that so it, it's kind of breaking down what makes us us and um you know the, the things that drive you on when it's just you if it's just you in a vast universe in a vacuum like what is there for you to do what is what is the driving force for you and i mean yeah they, these were like the interesting kind of points of the book like then when it started to deal with first contact you know if you could help a race would you help the race like how far do you go and um yeah so it's like ah okay yeah interesting yeah and you know like how do you then delegate things when everyone is wanting the same thing how do you do that like do you play you know happy families with the other countries trying to do the same work as you it's all yeah there's a lot of kind of interesting scenarios in this book and um yeah i'm kind of hoping that this isn't it you know what i mean the interesting stuff is done so i'm hoping you know like book two book one ends in an interesting place to take book two and i'm hoping that the story continues to um carry on in the same vein you know and doesn't hit that kind of curse that many trilogies kind of do a bit like um the uh mockingbird mockingjay you know because that was not a good sequel and catching fire ugh, they were terrible so um yeah we'll see but um yeah when i read it i'll uh i'll throw my views up on this so you can hear them too yay but this is we are legion we are bob by dennis e taylor worth checking out so another book i read this week was big little lies um by leanne moriarty i mean it was mainly because a friend went to see 
um, Leanne do a reading for a new book. And so was saying she was good. And, you know, I knew this had been made into a TV series. So I thought, oh, let me check it out. See what all the buzz is about. So, um, yeah, this is what essentially the book is about. Piri Wee's public annual school trivia night has ended in a shocking riot. One parent is dead. The school principal is horrified. As police investigate what appears to have been a tragic accident, signs begin to indicate that this devastating death might have been cold-blooded murder. In this thought-provoking novel, Number one New York Times best-selling author Leanne Moriarty deftly explores the reality of parenting and playground politics, ex-husbands and ex-wives and fractured families. And in her pitch-perfect way, she shows us the truth about what really goes on behind closed suburban doors. I will say that there was no real kind of um sign of an accident happening it it seemed to be straight away this isn't an investigation but that's fine that's fine um so yeah like the book kind of starts with oh something happened and then you're kind of given these flashbacks to past events and then it keeps on flashing coming back to I wouldn't say they're not proper police interviews but I don't know there's there's some sort of conversations that people are having I don't know if it's with the police with the press or or, or Greek councillor or someone but or each other but yeah it it flops back to these kind of conversations and not long it's just like oh well I heard blah 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 and so it's that and so you're like boom 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 jumping around like that at first I will say um I it was a bit confusing because you don't really know the characters at the beginning. So it, it's jumping, you know, from one to the other. It would these kind of retreads of what happened. And you're like, wait, was that? Which one is this? Is that? But then after a while, you kind of get used to it. You get in the flow and it's fine when it does that. So, yeah, the story explores... Um, I think it's just communication, um, abnormality. They're kind of the big things, really, with this book. Like, what um, what are we prepared to do for each other? You know, like, how are you looking to treat strangers? You know, what's acceptable? And especially what's acceptable when someone has agreed to do something, but they they only want to do it a certain way. You know what I mean? Should you push them? Like what? You know what I mean? What's the boundaries here? So it's looking at that, which is very important. 
because I think something happens and you, you know because it is consensual but it's not right you know so you kind of look at it and be like okay and then it's the ramifications of that action to moving forward I think there was definitely moments in the book that I thought well I mean let's be serious that that could have been solved if they just did this and this yeah I mean it's not rocket science here and I did think that um there wasn't really a lot of grey areas at times. Like, not all the time, but there's there's a lot of these big moments. And it's like, this is this, or this is that. And you'd be like, yo, but there's a grey area there. There's, you know what I mean? You, because you're saying, oh, I can't do this because... I mean, like, well, there are other options. But the book doesn't always look at those other options. Like, there's an incident with a website, and you just think, you just contact the web administrator, like, the company hosting the website, and tell them to shut it down. Like, there's no, you know, you just be like, look, you need to do this, and they would do it. But there's a lot of, oh, bah, I don't know what to do. Bah, 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 bah. And like, well, that's a simple one. But it's made into a bigger situation. It kind of sometimes seems that this is set before, you know, just as the internet's getting big. But you then have moments of they talk about other things. You'd be like, well, it's not. It's obviously not. This is kind of more present day. So, yeah, so that makes certain things that happen a bit flimsy. But I think she does really well in giving the characters different voices. Because sometimes when you do these books and it's an ensemble, ensemble cast... A lot of people start to sound exactly the same. So I thought it was it was good that um you know the characters had different voices. I I, I you know I thought it was interesting some of the topics that she did look at within this story, you know. I think that was good. And it it kind of gave the book a different kind of tilt you know it not just a run-of-a-mill kind of story so um yeah I think all in all it's not a bad book not a bad book I will say I think I don't know why but halfway through I kind of just thought oh I bet this happens and yeah that was a big twist at the end so I don't know what it was that made me come to that conclusion. But yeah, I came to that. And I, I did think the end was a little bit far-fetched. Because he, like I don't believe so many people would do a certain thing. 
So I, I thought that was a little bit of a stretch. But other than that, yeah, not a bad book. I would say, um, you know, if, if you if you see it in a sale, you, I mean, if, if you enjoyed the TV show, uh, yeah, I think it's well worth, uh, well worth, a, worth a read. I guess if you're a fan of people like, um, like Martin Ke- Marion Keys, um, who else? There's the Mike Gale. Um, yeah, if you're fans of people like these, I think you'll definitely enjoy this book. So it's Big Little Lies and it's by Leanne Moriarty. So the final book I did this week was um, Ghosts by Mark Dawson. And this is book four in the John Milton series. So the breakdown is John Milton is a ghost. He was number one, the most dangerous assassin assassin in Group 15, the black ops organization that solves problems when diplomacy has failed. Now Milton is Her Majesty's most wanted fugitive, an anonymous loner with a deadly set of skills. So when he is arrested following a brawl in a Texas bar, the last person he expected to bail him out was a glamorous operative from the Russian Secret Service. Milton is blackmailed into fighting his predecessor as number one, but she's a ghost too, and just as dangerous as him. He finds himself in deep trouble, playing the Russians against the British in a desperate attempt to save the life of his oldest friend. Some ghosts are better left alone, but now these two have been disturbed. There's going to be hell to pay. So, um, yeah, this is... um, I'd say this is the most espionage of the books... Um, and like he, he, Lacari is kind of referenced here, and it's it was great. Just got to just come out, you know. I, the description pretty much kind of sets out the the main framework of the book. I mean, um, I to say that he's trying to save his best oldest friend is a, a bit of a stretch, but he doesn't really have friends in that way but it is someone who he um he does owe so he's doing everything he can and um there's a lot of twists because yeah at the end of the last book he got arrested so it was like how is he gonna get out of this situation I mean that was one of the biggest kind of things playing on the mind you know what what's going to happen in this scenario so he um so we see how that happens and it's very intriguing because you're like oh okay so the russians interesting so what does this mean you know where is it gonna go because all you're, you're doing is waiting for the the double cross you know because it's just like okay, so the Russians then 
they're not going to be playing fair, are they? And so you're just waiting for this moment of betrayal and everything to fall flat. And then the story unfolds. And, you know, one of the things is as well, um, it's very interesting because, you know, after reading the first three books, I'm like, yo, I'm really liking Mark Dawson's stuff. I wonder what else he's written. And so I saw that there was a series um, about a, a, a Beatrice Rose. Um, so it's it's like the blood, um, yeah, and you kind of think, okay, that could be interesting, I'll have to check that out afterwards, and I was wondering, oh, I wonder how, you know, if it kind of fits into any of this, so now it's nice to see where that comes from, you know, so yeah. It's um, it's re- it's it was a lot of fun. I I very much enjoyed this story because it keeps you on your toes all the way through. You know, I, I there, there was never a moment where I was a bit like, oh, this is tiresome. You know what I mean? It, it, it all the way through. I'm just like, oh, what's gonna happen now? And, and you realize that, yeah, you're you're kind of invested in the characters now. You know, you, you after um doing you know four, three books of Milton, you're just like, oh, I, I want to see what happens. I want to see how how he's gonna survive, where he's gonna go, uh, and 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 all of this. So um, yeah. It's um, from beginning to end. And then the way it ends, I really liked that. You know, uh, I I, I can't, I don't want to say too much. But, yeah, I think um, a lot happened. This is dense, very dense. And as I say, look, there's so much espionage. We go across the globe. It's it's a great story. And um, yeah, I think by the end of it, you'll definitely feel like you had your money's worth. And you're now kind of... Um, you're you're, you're uh, connected to an, another character. And when you look at the books that um Dawson's done you can see how those two characters now the two stars of the next two series that he has how they come out of this one story so uh yeah 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 there's a lot of good reading ahead which is always good. Always looking, you know what I mean? Always looking for that that next big thing, that next great story. So very pleased that um yeah, you know, that there's there's stuff to come, which is uh yeah, always always good. And um Beatrice Rose, her series starts with in cold blood. So, uh, at some point, I will be picking up um, the Hong Kong series, 
and uh, giving that a whirl. All right. Well, yeah. If you if you see this book, definitely definitely grab it because you like it. If you if you would, if you are a fan of you know Tinker Taylor, you 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 will enjoy this. And yeah, if you like the previous three books, this is even better than those. So um yeah, that's Ghosts by John by sorry by Mark Dawson. Okay people, I'm going to let you in to um something that's going to be a big help because we're coming up to Christmas unfortunately. And the biggest thing about Christmas is the shopping for food because it's insane. Everyone goes crazy. It's difficult sometimes to find what you want. So, I'm going to give you a little tip that will make this so simple. So simple. All right. So, the thing is, HelloFresh are doing a Christmas box. Okay. So, in the Christmas box, you can get a butter-based turkey with fresh rosemary and lemon. Pigs in blankets. So it's pork sausages wrapped in streaky bacon. Roast potatoes with a rosemary seasoning. Balsamic Brussels sprouts. Yeah, sounds good. With cranberries, pecans and pancetta. How tasty does that sound? Truffle root vegetables with cheese, garlic and thyme. Seasonal stuffing, pork cranberry stuffing balls. Slow cooked spiced red cabbage with bramley apple and cinnamon. Now I've made red cabbage with apple and it is so good. So that will be amazing. And then festive gravy. A rich and delicious gravy. And um, you can also add a cheese platter. With, um, yeah, you know, uh, charcoal crackers, quince chutney. And a whole load of uh, cheese. So they do that box. They also do a box with a dessert. And the dessert is luxury Christmas pudding with brandy, butter, caramel sauce. Talk about decadent, right? And the box comes in four different sizes. So you can get it for four people, six people, eight people or ten people. Which is pretty damn good. Alright, so... I'll give you the figures too, man. So for four people, it works out $19.99 per person. For six people, it's £16.66 per person. For eight, it's £15.62 per person. And for ten, it's £14.49 per person. So, that really makes 
Christmas meal really affordable. But I'm going to give you a code that will give you 10% off that box. Don't tell me I do nothing for you, people. So all you have to do is in the checkout, enter the code Kevin Christmas, and that will give you 10% off your Christmas box at HelloFresh. So I'll put this in the episode description, but yeah, it's Kevin Christmas. Boom. Nice. I've just saved Christmas for you. You're welcome. Okay, so, as we do, I think we're drawing to the close of another jam-packed episode. So let's look and see what the fuck is going on with, um, you know, I mean, the TV news and stuff. All right, so, weirdly, because, you know, everything... YouTube launched YouTube, was it YouTube Red, like, the last year, and so they had Cobra Kai and everything like this, and the first episode was free, everything else was behind a paywall. Well, oddly enough, t- just the other day, YouTube announced that all of its original content was now free to watch, but, um... Yeah, it's just going to have ads. So you'll be able to watch shows like Cobra Kai, Impulse, Step Up, High Water, and um, Origin now. And all you have to do is put up with um, just a few adverts. So, you know, that, that could be, yeah, that could be something, you know. YouTube seem to um, seem to be moving away from uh, the scripted material, though, and are gonna focus more on kind of reality projects. But by 2020, they're saying all their original shows and movies will be available in free windows. So, but unfortunately. The second season of Cobra Kai is going to be behind their paywall. But, you know, can't have everything, I guess. Okay, so next up, um, Amazon are doing a TV series, like an anthology series, around the column and podcast Modern Love. Um, the show's going to explore love in all of its complicated and beautiful forms. Mm. Well, maybe. But um, they've got a crazy big cast of, like, great talent on board to um, be in this project. So we've got people like Anne Hathaway, Tina Fey, John Slattery, Deb Patel... Catherine Keener, Andy Garcia, Christine Milioti, Brandon Victor Dixon, Olivia Cook, Andrew Scott, Julia Garner, Shay Wingman, Gary Carr, Sophia Butelia, 
and John Gallagher Jr. So the project is coming from um, John Carney, who uh, did Sing Street and Once. Uh, he's going to be the writer, the director, and executive producer. Emmy Rosman, Sharon Horgan, and Tony Hall will also direct episodes. And Horrigan will be penning her own while Rosman Helms won by the late Aldery Wells. So, um, yeah, that, I mean, that sounds interesting. Todd Hoffman, Sam Dornick and Choya Soka will executive produce um, alongside Carney and Hoffman. So yeah, it's now filming. So I suspect the show will um, will hit the screens sometime next year. Okay, so it's big fans for anime fans, and um, if you are a fan and you don't have Netflix, you probably want to pick it up because so sometime next year, um, Netflix will be. Sh- Dreaming the entire Neon Genesis Evangelion series. So they're going to have all 26 episodes. Along with the two films. Death and Rebirth. And The End of Evangelion. So that's a big coup. Also, because that's not all. They're going to be showing Ultraman. um, Saint... CR Knights of the Zodiac um Rilakumiya and Koryu and also Seven Seeds. Okay, that that was an easy one to pronounce. So uh, yeah, I, I wasn't able to butcher that. So yeah, that that's some big stuff. And if that wasn't all, Netflix have also handed out a 10-episode st- a, a straight-to-series order for a, um, a live-action version of Cowboy Bebop, which, um, you know, hit the screens in 1998. So, uh, yeah. This is this is pretty pretty big times for um, anime and uh, Netflix. You know, it's gonna be it's from Tomorrow Studios and Christopher Joyce, who comic fans will know. And if you watched for Ragnarok, he wrote that. Well, he's gonna be penning the first series. And um, Andre Nemec, Josh Applebaum, Jeff Pinkner, and Scott Rosenberg are all going to be showrunners. With Marty Adelstein and Becky Clements as executive producers on the series. Um, Ava Duveni, Duverney. Her um, W, you know, she's just signed a hundred million dollar deal with Warner 
Warner Brothers TV. So, um, yeah, you know, she's really embracing that Warner Brothers work because she's um, making the new gods for um, Warner Brothers. So, you know, this is, yeah, I think this is, um, you know, she she's really working that relationship. So, it just means that all of our work has exclusivity to, um, yeah, to Warner's. So that includes drama, comedy series, specials, documentaries, and digital content. But once she's made it, the work can get farmed out to Netflix and Amazon. So, um, yeah, you know, that's big news for um, for her. More on the Netflix front. So they have just um, just signed a huge deal with Ronald Dow's estate because they are now going to be creating a uh, a TV universe for um, his stories. You know, they're going to start off with um, animated versions of Matilda and the BFG. Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and the Twits. So yeah, it, it's going to be this um, animated event. So I think mean, that could be something that um, yeah is is, is well um, looked looked into because you know I think mean, every like so many people love his work and there's been so many adaptations. Matilda is you know a Broadway sensation right now, so yeah, it it, it could be something good. And finally. Fans of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. can rejoice because it's been renewed for a seventh season. Man, it's like the little engine that could because I I think there was rumblings after season three. You know, they might not get a fourth. So the fact that it's made it all this way for a, a seventh season is pretty big. So, yeah, you know, all the um, usuals going to be back. Joss Whedon, Jed Whedon, and Mauricia Toncharion are all going to be back as exit producers, along with Jeffrey Bell and Jeff Loeb. So, um, yeah, that's it, really, for, um, for another edition of Echoes from the Void. We're going to have a lot of stuff to, um, yeah, to hit you with next week, for real, you know. Um, we're going to be reviewing the um, the Marvel Station, like, immersive um, installation that's hitting the UK. So, yeah, we're going to look at that and um, a lot of other things. So... Keep it, yeah. Keep it warm in this damn weather, people. You know what I mean. And uh, go out and have fun. All right. Take it easy. Peace.